learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Spoiler alert! <gasps> Uh, uh, t- taxis and prostitutes and improvisational openings. T- Travis it's, kills all those guys. It's yeah. It's Martin Scorsese's 1970 something classic, Six. Taxi Six. Driver. 1976. You're really I'm bad your so host, <laughs> Matt. Last name <laughs> Palantine. Oh. And I'm oh. joined today. By two sons of bitches. You son of a bitch. With cool taxi driver nicknames. Over here, we call him Wizard, but he goes by... You talking to me? <laughs> no, that's that's killer. Oh. Yeah, you're Wizard. You're the bald guy who joke, uh, Wait, lies. Wait, why am I Wizard? <laughs> because you're no, the that bald was a guy. True, that was a totally true story. Totally true story, all of them. Romantically jumped to the backseat <laughs> of that Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Definitely didn't rape that woman, and she was like, oh, I love you now. <laughs> there wasn't even a woman. It didn't even happen. <laughs> he just made it up And everybody scratch. clapped. <laughs> He's he brought- a folk hero. <laughs> okay, but what's your name? <laughs> uh, my name is Devin Ellis. Hey. Hey. And over here, we call him Salami Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> salami Sandwich? No, is Salami. He, he Doughboy? Salami, salami Sandwich. <laughs> I'm not Doughboy. Yeah, no. Why wouldn't he be Doughboy? Because <laughs> I couldn't remember any of the other names. <laughs> Listen, I just found out that I was hosting this Char- episode. Charlie T. Wizard Killer Doughboy. Hey, don't be sick on vaccine shots, and you can do this. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's uh, what's uh, what, what, did did you know what your name is? <laughs> I did know. Salami sandwich. Salami sandwich. I'm Tyler Young, and I normally host, and today I'm not because I'm vaccine sick. Tyler, quote, wah, salami wah, sandwich, wah. unquote, young. Also, I looked up nothing about this movie other than... We're coming in hot, boys. Yeah, I <laughs> soaked in, it in. Coming in real hot. <laughs> nothing but hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie came out a long time ago. <laughs> I think all three of us watched it this morning. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. We're so all... You guys finished it all of 20 minutes ago. Just about. I finished it a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us has had time to digest in a way that you would probably want to consume film. We still, we're still all aglow from this movie, having just watched yeah. it. Who know? needs I- digestion? Yeah, but yeah, you know, we agreed we were doing this today. Damn it! So here we are. Yeah, we, we followed through. <laughs> yeah, every week episodes. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> Weekly podcast. Weekly. What's the movie about? Plot plot summary. This guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's a Vietnam vet. He has lots of friends. Mm-hmm. He's very lonely. Life of the party. He has um, Travis insomnia. Travis Clubberfoot. Big Bickle, that's the one. Travis, quote-unquote, Clubfoot Bickle. <laughs> they don't really call much attention to it in the movie, but he's got a clubfoot that he drags around a lot. <laughs> that's, that's not he's true. He's good at hiding it, Travis. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, that's All right. not true. <laughs> Hasbro. If a representative of Hasbro is listening... I have a million dollar idea. You can cut me in for just it's like twenty percent. A one liner pun. Bickle me Elmo. It's a really angry mohawked Elmo <laughs> that stabs you or shoots you when you try to tickle him. You press a button in the back and the gun slides out of his arm. <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? 
Yeah, yeah. You're talking to me? Pickle me Elmo. Get it get it for your children at your local toy store. I hope Rain comes down and washes away all the filth from the streets. There was a, a, a parody Tickle Me Emo at one point, and it was basically that. It was, was just it? Tickle Me Elmo that was like with tats and like black hair and stuff. Squeeze his hand and let Tickle Me Emo tell you himself with one of 13 pre-recorded emo sayings. If life is so fair, why do roses have thorns? <laughs> there is no God. You hear me? No God. Uh, yeah, and so he has insomnia. He can't sleep. He's very isolated, so he, he takes a job as a taxi driver. He falls in love with a political campaign woman. Betsy. Betsy. He romantically stalks her by just sitting creepily yep. outside of her building and just stares at her through the window all and day. for some reason she just she still goes on not one but two dates with him she's intrigued she's mm. like what's with this this dark mysterious man yeah you know and then he ruins it all by taking her to a porno he takes her to a porno <laughs> but it's like one of the more artistic pornos right as he's very quick couples to go her. there all the time he there sees was legitimately the i did see in that scene when she was storming out there was legitimately a couple <laughs> there like was. sitting in the seats yeah I love his whole, like, I, I think he was being legitimately like, I don't know what the problem is. Right. Oh, yeah. It seemed like he really had no idea what the issue was. He, I just go to these movies. People like sex. Don't you like sex? I just watch movies sometimes. Right. I don't really know much about movies. He's, he's a sad person. Let's not forget, he's the guy that goes to a porno theater, tries to pick up the woman sitting behind the snack counter, right. and then walks in with nothing but candy and popcorn. Yeah, who could eat that much while sitting there watching people fuck? With strangers, I, yeah. I mean, I think the, I, he's not—he's not quite right in the head. I Who think could have the whole food in that the theater? That theater was yeah. so gross. I was like, Tyler, the fact that like porn theaters were a thing in general is right. super strange. Yeah, this whole movie is so gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a dark movie. Uh, <laughs> so then she's gone. Then he gets more and more isolated. Then Martin Scorsese shows up. Yeah, and is a gonna, total creep. Is going to kill his wife. Mm-hmm. And then I guess that puts the idea of violence into his head. And then he decides that he's going to assassinate the presidential candidate that Betsy was working for. Unclear to me why. So, every, yeah, so there's a couple of things I don't really quite get. And that was one of them. Because I, I think the Martin Scorsese, like him showing up and being like having this just awful scene of like talking about killing his wife and abusing this cab driver for no reason, really just kind of like. You know, yeah, wrangling him into this bullshit, you know? Uh, that was an uncomfortable th- scene. It really is. On purpose, it was a really well oh, done yeah. scene, I think. I think it's just supposed to show, like, crime, the underbelly of the whole city, and, like, stuff that's just getting to him, and, like, it adds up, and it adds up, and, like, you get, you know, Jodie Foster jumps into his cab one night and gets pulled out by yeah. Harvey, Harvey Keitel, and he's like, he, it's just like, that's another, another yeah. notch. This another cast notch. was stacked, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really was. A lot of really big names in Who's here. Who's early? For yeah. people too, right? Yeah, yeah. Silver Shepherd, really young in this. Jodie Foster, Harvey Keitel, Robert De Niro, fucking uh, what's his name? Wizard. Uh, yeah. Frankenstein. God damn it, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, I don't know his name, monster. but I recognized him. Um, he's the father from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. God damn it, I can't remember his name. Once his hairline moved, it became immovable. <laughs> I've never seen him with hair. It's always been that same <laughs> yeah. length. Yeah. He has the exact same hairline his entire adult life, which is like, I feel like most bald people go more bald over time. 
Yeah. I don't know. I haven't let my hair grow back in in a long time, so I don't know Should check how it, it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can kind of see where the line is from here. The you thing know? is, I'm not, like, full bald, right? I'm Like, some people go bald nicely where they are, like, fully bald. Other people, like me, you just get thin, 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 but there's mm. still hair there, and it's, like, weird and gross. Do you have, like, the Rob Corddry, like, little tiny poof of, like, hair in one spot on the top? Um... A l- yeah, not quite. Not he as bad like as he has. Where yeah. he would wear a tiny hat on that yeah. one spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a, we had a per- I had an anthropology professor in college. This is so off the beaten path. <laughs> who was bald like that? Had like male pattern baldness, but had the one tuft. But he grew all of his hair out pretty long, and so like he, a skullet. Like this, this tuft was like. Like Ew. I don't know, like three inches long. Weird. That's so gross. And we called him the unicorn behind his back because it looked like he had like a floppy. Why even horn. bother at that point? Yeah, why don't you just shave that? He was a super. I mean, at least the front part, the little weird, like island of hair. I don't know if you guys have ever met any like anthropologists, but like I think he did like ayahuasca in the jungle one too many times <laughs> or something, and like he was not didn't come back the same. He, yeah, he was not. Like, when you talked to him, there was something off in his eyes. A citizen of the world now, man. He was a really interesting guy, but uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't quite all there, I don't think. <laughs> or maybe it was too much all there, like one, like really brilliant people who like can't yeah. relate to normal. It was one of those two. Mm, yeah, um, it's a fine line. <laughs> but he was definitely not in the normal spectrum. <laughs> but this movie... All right. He's just, he's just like Travis crazy Bain, Anyway, people. yeah, we didn't finish the plot. All right, so... He, he he trains to kill the senator, fails to kill the senator. So I don't think he was even, like, planning anything. I think he was just training up to be a tough guy, like, to be strong and to defend himself, and then starts buying weapons. For I don't think he had a particular... I think he did, because he, he scouted it out, a couple, like, once, a couple times. There was, like, that one scene, the are you talking to me scene. But, like, I think like, he believed later. in him, like, in that candidate. Palantine. Like, I, I think it was this weird spur of the moment. Like, I'm just super angry at Betsy, at him. You right. Know. I'm not, I don't think it was like a political assassination in the sense that, like, for an agenda. Yeah. I think he was insane, okay, right? Like, yeah. he had like an immense amount of like frustration and anger, and he was just looking for some place to put it. And like, Palantine's posters were on his wall because of Betsy. And also, like, he represented the rejection that Betsy had yeah. dished, you know, like, I think all of that was there. I, he, I mean, he definitely was trying to kill him in, in that last yeah. uh, political rally scene. Right. And then when that fell through, uh, you, you uh, uh, what was her name? Lila? Lee? Iris? Iris. Iris was a 12-year-old prostitute that tried. 12 and a half. 12 and a half. She <laughs> jumped into his cab at one point. <laughs> Gross, pointing that out. With that tone, 12 and a half. <laughs> okay, she's older than you think. <laughs> it's that half that makes the difference. <laughs> and so he tries to rescue her, and she doesn't want to be rescued. And so when, at the very end, he he tries to rescue her with guns and kills her pimp and some mob bosses and uh, and then gets shot himself quite a bunch. And then there's a final scene where everything is great, and it's definitely real. Definitely happened. <laughs> okay, so is that real? Did he die? Or uh, is he in a coma? I mean, you're never going to know, but there's absolutely no world in which that's real. That's my that's my hot take. I was hoping, because like, I kind of was mad at the movie at first, thinking, like, wait, is this really happening? But there's never yeah. any scene to confirm that, no, this is all in his head. Like, it really threw me for, for a loop, because I was like, 
I was with it the entire time. I was like, okay, this is just like a really dark story of this deranged taxi driver just like right. losing it and then killing people, doing what he thinks is right, right? And then that last scene with the reading of the letter from Iris's father, supposedly, like thanking him and everything like that. It's like, what is happening? Are they trying to make him be like an actual hero in this movie? I thought it was intentional at first. I th- I think he died, right? I, that's what it seems t- to me, right? Or or at least it was this was in his head, right? Wait, it's intentionally ambiguous, and I think that's on purpose. Like, there's nothing that you can prove. I mean, sure. I I was about to say there's nothing you can do to prove that it wasn't real, but if you murder three people in cold blood, even if it's for a good reason, you're not just on the streets having a good time, right? Later. Like, you would be in prison. Also, no one recognized him that he was the guy that tried to assassinate Palantine. Like, right. Secret Service guy isn't like, wait a minute, that guy on the news, that, like, hero guy, is that creep that showed up that one day with the gun. Yeah, you know? also, how long How long is there between... Um, in fact, I wrote his name down. How, how long is it name. between party nominations and the journal campaign? It's, like, no more than it's a, a couple, couple months, months, right? Yeah. There's no way his hair would have grown back, that he would have healed enough to be out on the street. Right. I didn't see any th- uh, neck scars from the I was bullet looking for that went through his either. neck. Like, it was not real. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. <laughs> so here's, here's my theory, that he did survive, but he's in a coma at the end when he's showing, like, he's totally fine. He's on the street talking to his friends, and then he picks up Betsy, and she's like, oh, man, I can't believe I turned my back on this guy. He's too cool, and he does that really badass, like, he, like, pays for the taxi ride and just kind of drives off. So long, babe, or whatever he says, and drives off. I think he did survive, and those letters to him from Iris's parents are real, but it's they don't know the situation. That He's not just, like, some hero who did some, like, heroic thing. He's some mentally disturbed man who was looking for a way to, like, let out his impotent rage. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when filmmakers end on ambiguous endings, I think it's important to remember that that's them trying to push you away from plot and towards thematic readings. Hmm. And so I think, for me, it doesn't even really matter whether he's alive or dead or whether that's in his head or not. It's definitely not real. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. I think the lar- it's not. It's it not. Matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> larger, but definitively. <laughs> I think the larger point for me is that it helps articulate what every part of that scene, recognition in the media, the group of taxi drivers finally like including him and acting like a bunch of friends, the woman who rejected him being interested in him and him getting to be like a cool guy hero that doesn't even charge her fare. Thanks. It's all about like what motivated him to do these things in his head, whether or not he's alive or dead or in a coma or whatever, this is what he saw when he went to commit the violence, right? This is how he saw it playing out. And so to me, that's like, that's the more important thing is like, this is what was in his head even if it's not what's in reality or if he's dead. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah. Like what you're saying, like whether that vision in the movie like was coming from a place of like, oh, this happened story-wise in his head or whatever, or they're just showing you like outside of the story, here's like his vision of right. a perfect he, future after right. the incident, you know? Like it almost doesn't matter right. how, how real it is. It just matters that like, this is how he thought it would play out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Thought he was going to play the hero. Which I think sort of brings the whole thing full circle, right? Like, he kept saying he wanted his life to be for something. 
I don't know what murdering the senator was going to do, but also, like, he's not a healthy person, so, like, probably it's not logical, right? I don't, yeah, I don't think it, there's any real point to it. Yeah. I mean, like, mad. I, I think of it as, like, um, who is the dude that murdered um, John Lennon? The guy that m- murdered John Lennon yeah. did it to impress some actress. May have been Jodie Foster, actually. No, that was the attempted assassination of uh, Ronald Reagan in the 80s. Oh, was it? That was, Hinckley was obsessed with okay. Jodie Foster. It was like, I'm doing this for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah. It's like, it's it's one of those things that, like, if you, if you try to understand what is inherently, like, a warped worldview that is unhealthy, yeah. like, you're not going to get very far. He obviously thought that murdering a politician, maybe the next president of the United States would make him consequential or make his life have meaning or make people pay attention to him. That was definitely like an undercurrent, everything Mm -hmm. he was doing. Like he wanted to be a good guy and still do that. But yeah, I think that's the ultimate thing. Like he wanted to matter. Right. He wanted people to like recognize who he is and like he wanted some attention. Yeah. Which I think is what I was kind of blown away by. And I don't know what you guys thought about this is that, To me, this feels like a movie about the internet and social media before the internet and social media. Kind of. Like that idea of being really physically close to a lot of people, being able to connect with a lot of people on a really superficial level, right? They're like sitting in the back of your cab, but that you are almost by nature of how quick and easy that connection is, it's almost all hollow and meaningless. Mm. I don't know. I I thought that was really interesting. And, And obviously... I think you can see Travis's arc as like a precursor of how we understand like incels and a lot of violence that we've oh, had in the last couple decades. For sure, it's that same. He has the same mindset of those, right? Know, that that kind of person, you know, gets really angry at women when they won't. When he he doesn't understand yeah. why like they won't meet him on his terms, or he says it too. He's like, oh, she's just another one of those cold, distant women. They're yeah. they're all. Yeah. What does he say about them? He says like they're all a different, not different species, but something like that. Yeah, you know. Oh, they're a union. They're like a, like a cold union or something. I realize now how much she is just like the others, cold and distant. And many people are like that. Women, for sure. They're like a union. Um, yeah. They're on it together against me, you know. He also, he reminded me of people I've known in my life. Like, specifically the letter to his parents and then what he said to Iris uh, later in the movie where he can't, he's, like, there's always going to be an excuse for why he is the way he is. So he always says, like, oh, yeah, I'm working for the government. Because, like, the reality of his life is too sad. So he, like, concocts, and I think he even believes them a little bit, like, these, like, elaborate lies to sort of cover... I mean, I, we all know people like that. <laughs> I think um, he, he, that was the whole reason he was talking to the Secret Service agent and getting information from him and being weird. He's, like, infatuated with the idea of being, like, a right. almost like a superhero kind of guy. Like, I'm, I fight crime and, you know. Yeah. So, like, that's his – because, this, yeah, his story's so sad that he just goes to, like, I'm a Secret Service guy, I you know, and I can't talk about it. It's too dangerous. You know, it's all classified. Yeah. He isolates himself. And in order to isolate himself, he concocts, like, stories to justify that isolation. And then he gets caught in, like, his own web where because he's told lies, now he can't reach out to connect to people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, a vicious cycle that I've, like, I've seen people in real life sort of get caught in that. And I thought that, you know, that that felt kind of timeless to me. Did you catch that crazy meal he was eating of just torn up bread with alcohol and sugar in a bowl? 
<laughs> what was the deal? I, so th- he, the sugar, I specifically want to talk about the sugar. There were multiple scenes of him pouring an obscene amount of sugar into coffee or onto Did he? onto meals. And then the only, the I caught uh, when he went to breakfast with Iris, it was the only other time in the movie that anybody put sugar on anything. And she also put way too much sugar hmm. on her jelly sandwich. Maybe it's to show Weird. him being like juvenile. I was sense, wondering because you know? he also got all yeah. the candy. Yeah. Uh, and he mispronounced jujubes. <laughs> okay. So he was doing that. He just thought it was called jujubes. I think so. Because I remember going like, wait, isn't it jujubes? I was watching with Devin like, it's jujubes, right? It's not jujubes. Like, that's that's wrong, isn't it? Okay. So, but he definitely like has, yeah. I, th- I think it was. developed all he, the way. Yeah. He has an arrested development. Because right. it's like the whole movie, that, that movie theater scene to me, I think is like a perfect distillation of. He just his doesn't. mindset. Yeah, like he goes to porno movies to feel some kind of connection. He's sexually frustrated. He's you know got this like anger in him or whatever. So he like goes to the porno, but he doesn't think too critically about why he's going. That he's even doing it. And then when he meets this woman, he's like, "Oh, I want to share my life with you. So let's go do the things that I already do." And like right. doesn't even re- like recognize the yeah. fact that it's strange to take a date to right. a porno movie. You know. And, and along that same thing, like, it's really interesting. You can see, like, he tells that joke about, I need to get organized. And then he buys it. I think, well, on the wall. I think it was already in his apartment, right? You see it later, but, like, I... So it's like a little anecdote that he was making up of, like, I need to get one of those someday, haha. <laughs> I you think, know? I think that he found the poster, liked it, didn't understand it, put it up in his apartment, and when he had a date with a woman, he just repeated what he, like, knew was, like, this is a funny thing that people chuckle at mm. in the same way that she didn't he... have to like explain it to him. Like... Right. So in the same way that like w- when she met him, all of a sudden two Palantine posters go up in his room and then he's fixated on that. It's like, he's like, can't like generate personality. Cause like when he talks to wizard that one time, he's trying to, he's trying to open up and tell him I have something inside me that I need to let out and right. it's going to be a big deal. And da- like, it's going to be bad. He's like trying to be taught down almost. Yeah. But he's trying to be vague about it. But he also, I don't think he understands, he can't articulate like the things he's feeling and what he wants to do. I don't think he even knows what he wants to do. So he's like, I don't know. I just want to, you know, do something. Yeah, he like doesn't have the words. Yeah. He can't come up with, you know. Well, I, I found it interesting. So like early in the movie, they talk to him about guns. Uh, Doughboy asks him about if he has a piece. And he says like, no, I don't want a piece. Like I have no interest in that. Yeah. And it's not until, so like early on, he's obsessed with sex. That's like his main thing. He goes to the porno theater as soon as he gets off of work. He's trying, you know, he's obsessed with this woman that he sees and is clearly trying to start a relationship. And it's not until he, like, I feel like the Scorsese scene is the like the fulcrum around which the entire movie turns because it's where he starts getting angry i think he was i think he always had a lot of something like a lot of pent-up energy that he had nowhere to put a lot of dissatisfaction but it's not until the scorsese scene immediately after that scene he goes out and starts buying the guns he starts training again all of a sudden his obsession with palantine has gone from fan to he's like you know, doing the, are you talking to me to the poster on the wall? And he's like stalking him at his campaign events. And it's like, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. It's almost like he is a character just kept finding things in the world and saying like, okay, this is like, I, this is the thing that I care about now because I don't know how to like 
gener- it's it's like like he has no interest in music. He has no interest in movies. He has no interest in like until somebody else tells him that he should, and then right. he goes and does. Oh, that will thing. this make me liked now? Right. If I'm into these things, will right. people start talking to me now? I hate to like you know I d- I don't want to say like he's on the spectrum. Um, I think so. I think he's somewhere on the spectrum. It's on a spectrum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think like that thing about I did some like volunteer work with with people with autism in college and the one thing that you always come away with is that like a lot of times someone will have told them or they will have observed how like quote unquote normal people interact and they will flowers to a date right and they will do that thing even if it does not act like they don't pick up on the little clues that like this would be weird in this particular situation right like you bring flowers to to a date. Right. And so, like, maybe he's talking to someone, the woman's like, yeah, we'll go for a coffee or something, not picking up that she's like, let's keep it casual and just feel each other out for first and, like, get some coffee. So he goes to this afternoon casual coffee date, like, all dressed up and, like, right. suit and tie and his hair's all slit back and he's got the chalk, big thing of chocolate flowers because he's seen that movie. Yeah. So he's heard people talk about it and she's like, what is going on? And yeah. there's, like, yeah, so, like, I, I almost wonder if there's that one line in the Scorsese scene where he says, like, oh, have you ever seen what a 44 Magnum does to a woman's face? And yeah. then he says, have you ever seen what a 44 Magnum does to a woman's... Uh, I can't remember what word he used. Pussy. I think it might, yeah, I think it might be pussy, but yeah, I don't want to like, yeah, yeah. misquote it. Now, did you ever see what it can do to a woman's pussy? And that you should see. That you should see what a 44 Magnum is going to do to a woman's pussy, you should see. No, he definitely says that. And then that's when uh, Travis, like, Skirt. He like moves the mirror over and starts looking at him a little harder. Right, and that's like the the scene ends after that. And well, the guy's like, that. "You think I'm sick, right? You think I'm sick? I'm not sick. Right. You think I'm sick?" And then he just doesn't answer. He doesn't say anything. He just kind of like shoot daggers at him. But like after that is when his interest in violence starts, and it's almost like you can see like his obsession with sex, and like that was the thing that he was sort of fixated on. And then this one guy manages in that one line to link sex to violence, and all of a sudden all of his, like, attention switches mm. to violence. But he still wants to be the hero. Right. No, no, like, at the end, he's, I don't, like, Travis is not, like, a, he's not looking to hurt people. <laughs> he just, like, he's, he doesn't I think fit. he is. I think he's think? just, I don't, I don't think it's, like, necessarily malicious, necessarily malicious, right? It's not like he's evil or out to do violence for the sake of violence, I don't think. I think he wants to do it. Be, I, I think if he did not think that he was the hero, and I think this is like what that last scene is about. I don't think he would do it just for the satisfaction of hurting people. Right. He's looking yeah. for something to like give meaning to his life. And he is sick in the head. So like what he thinks is going to give him meaning, what he thinks is going to make him a hero is like obje- objectively some pretty reprehensible shit. Yeah. But murdering all the bad guys, taking them all out, cleaning the streets himself. He did. He did. Whatever else happened in that movie, uh, Iris was alive and did not have a pimp at the end of it. And like, I'm sure she's scarred for life. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) But like in his twisted way, he accomplished the heroic thing that he set out to do. Yeah. Because he's so linear and literal that he can't see that she's that it's more complicated than her pimp is keeping her there like yeah he can't process that subtlety. She's, she's genuinely in love with him right you know like that seemed yeah. real well it, i think he was grooming her you know i mean clearly right but it, it yeah. wasn't she was 
at least partially aware of what she was doing, where she, yeah. you know, why she was there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but he could have just as easily put his attention somewhere else, I think, right? Like, he yeah. could have accomplished the assassination of the senator, right, right? Of, of Palatine, which would have been less justifiable, not that any of it really was. Yeah, but. I'm kind of curious what the fantasy of the assassination was. I almost wish I had seen that scene to yeah. understand, like, what was it that he... Because killing a bunch of pimps and mobsters, you're like, yeah, okay, I, I see why somebody would think that would make them a hero. No. Killing a senator that seems to be... On your side, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't really understand. I, I think he only didn't like him because he was cold and distant, and yeah, it was tied to Betsy. You know? My yeah, my only thought is the people because, that pushed him away. Oh, Betsy right. works to support this guy, so I'll take him out and like undermine. Right, right, right. no, for sure. It was about like on a subconscious level. I think that's a hundred percent what was happening. I'm just curious, like in his logic, right? Or you know, I use that word, I guess, with air quotes. But. I almost feel like that was maybe a point in the movie where he's a little lost, mm. like. He, he had gone over the edge, and he's like, now... Because I think he killed that dude in the store for already at that point, right? Yes. Yeah, he, he did. So yeah. he's like, I've murdered now. I'm capable of doing this, and I got away with it. And then he was still very, very frustrated with Betsy and, and like people pushing him away. Because I think, you know, that's when he's, like, sitting around watching TV with a gun in his hand the whole time. And he kicks it over. You know, there's, like, what was he watching? It was just, like, two people in love. And yeah, it was, like, like a angry. movie or a soap opera or something. And, and, yeah, the woman in that scene was telling her lover... Like, oh, you knew that we were never legally married. I'm going back to my legal husband. Yeah. And the guy was saying, like, no, but, you know, in God's eyes, we were man and wife. And she just said, like, no, 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 I'm going back to my legal husband. And that's when he kicked the TV over. Mm. So yeah. it was it was a it was a woman rejecting a man, right? It, very apropos. Right. And I think, yeah. And, like, so in his mind, women are part of this, like, cabal that will shun him. He's they're not going he to be a part of it. Unionized. Yeah, they're unionized. They got their union cards. <laughs> <laughs> Card carrying woman. Re reject all. <laughs> but that's like, you know, it's like society, right? It's like everybody who's like civilized and proper, or whatever, kind of right. look at him as kind of a weirdo or an outcast. Sure. And so I think I think assassinating was it Palantine? Yeah. Palantine. Because all I could ever think was Palpatine. Fulfill your destiny and take your father's place at my side. I think if he had gone through with it, he would have been he would have regretted it, right? But I think he doesn't regret what actually ended up happening. Because right. then he found purpose, right, in his mind. Like, that thing failed, and he's like, oh, fuck, you know, what am I doing? And then could latch on to Iris and her situation, like, I'll do this right. instead. You know? Well, I also yeah. think it's like, it, from a thematic point of view, I think it's important that what he did was just kind of like his, like, backup. Right. It's not that True. like he had an elaborate plan that he executed on. It's that he felt an intense need to do violence. He also wanted to die. He wanted to kill And he himself. wanted to die. And he just happened to do it. Right. Like it wasn't it's not like he set out to do a political assassination. Like clearly that was just the most effective way to like be seen. Yeah. Um, and when it failed, he went and did another thing to be seen. Right. I don't know. Yeah. You guys have any other big things you want to questions you have things you want to talk about? Did you knows that I don't know? That's, Did you know? I didn't look up anything. That Robert De Niro was kind of cut in this movie. He was. He yeah. was. So was uh, Harvey Keitel. Yep. Both pretty cut dudes. Did you know? This may be one of the only films I've ever seen Harvey Keitel in that I did not see his dick. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, that dude loves to drop trial. <laughs> <laughs> the, like the movies he signs on to, they didn't even have like, those parts. He's like, now look, <laughs> can I be naked in this? <laughs> Part of my contract states, states that I must show my dick at least once <laughs> in this movie. Is there any nudity involved? No. Can there be? No. I'll do it anyway. Listen, that's what the people man. want. <laughs> My fans know what I do. You know, they come to the movie expecting certain things. Gotta give the people what they want. <laughs> exactly. Dick. Richard uh, Keitel. I, I like the soundtrack Walk. of the movie a lot. Although, I think it got a little over the top near the end there. I can't say I really noticed the soundtrack. To really, be fair, really I had jazzy. I had a stationary bike going the whole time, so like maybe that was drowning out the background shing, music shing, shing, yeah. shing, 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 <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> For how long this movie was, I, I surprisingly actually really appreciated the pacing of it. Yeah. I kind of I, I thought it was it was a necessary step to this particular story, right? To show him like slowly unraveling and not so slowly unraveling. The things are just grating away at him. You know? Yeah. And also just the uh, building the atmosphere of the city, just the, those scenes of just like looking out on the streets as he's driving around. Like I really liked those. And there was a couple right. of them and felt lonely, you know? Yeah. And not a lot was happening, you know, right. but I think it, it painted the picture. Yeah. I, th- I, I thought it was quite good. Yeah. Should the we get the ratings? Sure. Devin, Ayo. this was your movie. I picked it. What do you give it? Yeah, it was... I, I don't really know what I was expecting. I guess it was more uh, complex than I was expecting, although I felt like a lot of it, you know, not much was really going on. Like, a lot of the conversations I felt like didn't really mean much, you know, and they were just kind of just him just going about his life until he slowly lost it. But with that said, um, I really enjoyed it and was engaged pretty much the entire time which is not an easy task for a movie of two hours. You know, it's a decent length. Um, so, yeah, I'd give it like, uh, I'd give it an eight. eight out of ten. It's pretty high. It's a good movie. I, I liked it, yeah. I'm glad I saw it. Tyler. The Sorry. Tie tie guy. Salami sandwich. <laughs> sandwich. Oh, oh, salami sandwich. Oh, salami sandwich. No, there's no W. Sandwich. Did I say which? Salamage. Oh, salami sandwich <laughs> gives this movie... A seven and a half. Ayo. Out of what? Ten and a half. <laughs> Weren't we doing ratings out of non-numeric systems at one point? That was just Tyler. <laughs> Tyler was giving it like... Well, it was still something out of... It was whatever out of ten, but it was just <laughs> items and not... Or concepts, not numbers. Three rubber duckies out of a full bath currently draining. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Um, I think it was a little long, than it, like longer than it needed to be. There's a couple of scenes that may have, you know, could have been trimmed out. Like it definitely couldn't have been any longer. <laughs> like the whole character of the guy that worked with Betsy. Yeah. Unnecessary. We didn't need any of him. Like there's there's really no point to that. And like liked... showing them hanging out and talking before Travis shows up. Like, eh. Yeah, it probably wasn't necessary. I like that they had like some unnecessary stuff in there though, that it was just like building part of the world. You know, you can see that she has a life and knows people and you it also contrasts like normal human interactions <laughs> where you're like talking and joking around instead of just sitting there staring at you <laughs> and then I saying guess. random things and moving on. Like that they actually had banter. And yeah. Then he shows up. It's just this weird, like, uh, hi. Well, I, I thought it was interesting that in normal human interactions, Betsy was the weird one that was annoying him. 
with like yeah. weird things while he was trying to work. And then, so it's like, even the weird person in the office is too normal for Travis. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional, but that was sort of, maybe that's what it was. But anyway, I loved it. Like they could have been a little more clear at the end of the movie. Maybe. Cause to me, I, I was going like, Oh, this is not real. This isn't happening, but I, I kind of wish they were just a little more. I kind of wish they had just left that last scene out. If yeah. it had just ended with him, like. Just getting the letters and showing the panning of the letters and having people, like, just write to him. Before that. I think when he did, when he did like, the yeah. blow your brains out symbol. And That's the, the last thing that I feel should have been in the movie. Well, I kind of like the idea of, like, people on the outside who don't know the situation. They're just reading it on paper go, oh, Travis is this really good guy that went and saved this young woman from. I don't think that was real. I think that's yeah. all part of his fantasy. I mean, but it happened, right? Like, those are actual facts. And I can see that his parents would go, holy shit, you saved my daughter. Yeah, sure. she's she's traumatized, but that's not from you. That's from her life before you showed up and saved her. So I mean, we don't know gallantly. much about why she was yeah. not there, right? <laughs> why she wasn't at home anyway. I think she just ran away. Right, I'm saying we don't we don't have the details on what that relationship was like, right? Presumably there was a reason she ran away. That's what I mean. Like the letters are very black and white. You saved my daughter. You are a hero. You're such a good man. I can't wait for you to get better in the hospital. When the reality is like, no, he's a disturbed man who went and committed some horrible acts of violence, thinking that like I'm gonna make a name for myself and do this big heroic thing. I like that. I think I think that would been would have been the perfect ending because it'd be this kind of ironic like. Like almost superhero ending for a horror movie <laughs> in a weird in a weird way. We're like, you you're such a great guy. You did it. You saved us. When like when they had just panned over this like whole hallway of carnage that he had just created. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like the sort of dramatic irony of of us having seen that he's kind of a monster. Yeah, and like somebody else seeing him as a hero. But then, and then, then the last scene happens right after that. I'm like, hey, it was too. I think that was a bridge too far. I mean, my my personal preference, I would have liked all of that cut. Everything yeah. after he like mimes shooting himself and passes out is like, I think, for me anyway, it just kind of muddies the water at the end. And I like, I don't feel like I needed it muddied. I feel like I had. It was pretty clear. Like it was clear to me that he was. I think they sufficiently developed the relationship between him and Iris such that you knew why he was there, right? You knew that he thought he was going to be the hero. And I don't feel like I needed a scene to sort of make me reckon with how he sees it all playing out um, or how he sees other people seeing him. But that's like, that's just my personal preference. You know, maybe there's something I missed that, that made that scene really pivotal. What do you give the movie? I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with uh Debbie baby. Hey, eight. And go with an eight. I don't know if we've ever had the same rating. <laughs> yeah, the, the, we are often <laughs> or, different. Or all three of us being so close. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was really good. That um, means it's a good one. Did you guys watch? I watched the 4K uh, remaster, and yeah. it was really beautiful. It like was the film upscale. Great. Yeah. Some of those shots of New York at night yeah. with like the neon signage and oh, they look so. I, I would yeah. want just a poster of those. Yeah. Those looked great. I had it like my couple quibbles were. Quibbles? I don't even know. I don't even know if this was a quibble, but like, by the time that we get to Travis, he is already wrong, right? There's something yeah. not right and off about him, and I felt like what Scorsese was going for was like kind of like a cultural critique 
of New York in the 70s and how we treated Vietnam vets and like how displaced and um, abandoned they were. And it Dude, didn't that's definitely part of it. Yeah. And it didn't that part did not work for me because I was like, I don't know. I can kind of see Travis having been like this before he went to Vietnam. And I have nothing probably like we start his arc so late. It was very effectively done. The part of the arc that we saw right from where he started to where he ended up all made sense to me. But it didn't take us from a normal person to a ma- to a murderer. Well, he was just, I mean. You know what I mean? Normal in the sense that he was just kind of lost, but, like, you know, still still all there, yeah. you know. I didn't see him going off the deep end until partway through the movie, right? Like, he was right. he was odd, right? But he wasn't, like, murderer odd, right, in the beginning, to me, at least. If anything, right. I thought a lot of what he was going through was, like, theoretically relatable to most people right right what i'm saying is that like the arc that existed i thought was perfect i have no issue with that yeah how they took him from point a to point b my issue was that point a was already further along the path to social isolation than most people ever get and so but most people don't go killing people in a right i i I just thought like if you want to like i don't even know how because i think here, this is why I'm saying, like, I don't even know if it's a quibble. If you wanted a wider arc to take him further from normal to murderer, um, then... That would have been a, a little bit of a stretch. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, to crunch all of that into a movie, I think yeah. you're 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 giving up some of the development. So, like, I don't know that you could do it, but I felt like the cultural critiques suffered because he was already pretty far outside of the culture. Does that make sense? I mean, I guess, but, like, I feel like there was a lot of people who felt alienated in, in that spot already of where he started. I mean, yeah, I would suspect that a lot of people feel, at the very least, like they were close to approaching point A in your, in your, using your analogy there, right? To where he's, his starting point of, which is low, right? It's a low point, which is like, I can't, can't sleep. I'm just working a dead end job. Like, the days are just blending together. I, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that or at least felt themselves getting close. Yeah, but you're, you're missing the part where he's going to porn theaters and getting a bunch of candy and like can't interact with humans, right? Cause there are other I think cabbies people like that. Like, the whole conversation yeah. with Wizard was like, Right. That's another guy who said he's I've been on the night shift working somebody else's taxi for 10 years, 17. And he's like, well, he said he's been a cabbie for 17. He's been on the night shift for 10. And and his he he's I mean, he seems he's not going to go out and murder anybody. I don't think. Sure. But it's a mindset thing. You know, right. That's what I'm saying is that, like, I feel like the part that gets you from wizard to Travis is also really important for that development. Again, I don't think the movie would have worked if they had done the whole arc, but I think that specific cultural critique of modern culture is so corrupt that people can go from normal to murderer because of how abandoned and isolated they feel. I don't think that was really the point of the movie, though. I don't think it was the point of the movie. I think it was, like, a part of the movie. I think a very light part. Like, like it, it, what, I don't enough. think... It was more about him and his particular brand right. of weirdness and where that could go. On chats, I will know. agree with you completely that it was more character study than cultural critique. But yeah. I think there was cultural critique, and it did not work for me because of that reason. And maybe that's maybe that's personal, right? Like maybe that's just my reaction to it. But that's like that's one of my quibbles. That's not really a quibble, but makes the movie like not perfect for me. Sure. Uh, not that I would give anything a perfect score. 
They're morally against it. Morally against it. I just want my scores to mean something. Matt gives it an 8 out of 9. 8 out of 10. <laughs> I can go up to a 9.5. <laughs> taxi. Taxi. Uh, taxi driver. Taxi, 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 I'm driving a taxi, taxi and I have taxi, a 44 taxi, Magnum. Taxi, and what taxi, does it do taxi, to a face? Face. It blows it apart. Boom, pow, pussy. What was that movie, The Swedish Wedding or something like that? What? The one he took the porno uh, Betsy to. Oh, the weird orgy movie? Yeah. They're speaking in Swedish. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I think it was called like The Swedish Wedding or something. My big, fat Swedish wedding. That's Happy Swedish Wedding, everyone. <laughs> May all your orgies be filmed. That's a traditional Swedish wedding. They all get together. <laughs> they, they celebrate the marriage, and then they all fuck each other and then they plow friends family all together <laughs> just one big writhing mass it's true it's very cold up there they have to, they have to <laughs> enjoy life while they can yeah so i get to pick for next episode oh yeah. yes what and are we watching my pick for next episode huh? is going to be huh? north by northwest hey oh. more hitchcock boom I've i have not seen that that's a porno Porno Northwest. Pornos on this podcast now. No, Hitchcock. Oh. Hitchcock. Hitchcock and cheese. I with what's happening? <laughs> word association. Let's end this fucking thing. Bye. I love you. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. I think oh, if yeah. you really wanted to do hair with the dog, you should go out and get coronavirus. Even though it's really hard now, you gotta like make out with somebody who's just Quick, tested positive. Quick, sneeze in my face. <laughs> <laughs>